and welcome to The Polygon Show. I'm Simone Rochefort, and I'm joined today by Allegra Frank. What up? Chelsea Star. Hello. And Ashley O. Hello. Hello. I heard about a tragic incident today that happened to one of our cast members, and that cast member is Chelsea. Why don't you tell us what happened to you at lunchtime today? Oh, with my salad atrocity? Yes. Uh, I ordered uh, apparently a barbecue. I ordered a barbecue chicken cob salad and it came with all the ingredients in little rows. So there was a row of bacon crumbles, <laughs> a row of hard boiled egg slices, a roll of cold grilled chicken with barbecue sauce all over it, which was weird. A row of shredded cheese and a row of tomatoes sliced in half. So and there was, I guess, lettuce underneath of it. But you couldn't really find it. I actually don't really have issue with most of this, except for the row of shredded cheese. (laughs) The row of shredded, the row of bacon crumbles is also hard to eat. Well, did you have like room in the bowl? Because you know, I'm sure they expected you to shake. It was not a. uh, It was on a plate, uh, like a a (laughs) maybe slightly curved plate, not a bowl. Wait, wait, wait. Did you? Was at a sit down. Oh, you were at a sit down restaurant. Yes, Here on Stone, Stone Street. Street. They didn't even mix it up for you, no. and they so put it lazy. on a plate. No, where is this? No. I'm gonna leave like a negative five star review. I'm so mad. No, they did not do any of that. That is disgusting. I, and honestly, if you're gonna ask for a fucking cob salad, you should be you should it should be mixed. I mean, whatever the barbecue sauce portion should be up. The to barbecue you. sauce was a lot because there was like little avocado slices on top of the barbecue chicken. So it was just avocado covered in barbecue sauce. Wait, Chelsea, you drew a picture. I drew a picture. You drew a picture. She drew a, a pretty good picture, actually. I drew that in GChat. You, you this draw is in wild. Literally, this looks like just a mess. Not the picture, but the this salad. Oh, it's on a blue plate. Posted to our Twitter account. I will definitely post it. Chelsea's drawing corn. It looks like a burrito bowl or yeah. like a really big hot dog. Ross sandwich. said it was a deconstructed hot dog. So it does look like a deconstructed hot dog. I yeah, it, it's because you have like red globs next to some yellow, next well, to some pink. It looks mm-hmm. like hot dog. Google and did not have a color that uh, represented barbecue sauce. So. <laughs> It's brown? It brown. was like it was not like a rich brown. It was like only a a darker brown. It's barbecue. Chelsea <laughs> needs it to be a rich brown. Okay, <laughs> that's true. That's fair. God, an accurate representation. Of I'm so sorry. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Ashley, you have good news for us. You managed to resurrect your PS4, but in the interim period, you started playing Parasite Eve. I did. And I am. And I'm pretty sure I'm like at the very end. I think I just have like the final, final boss left. Can you tell me actually what Parasite Eve is about? Because I don't actually know because I'm a baby. It's, so I actually didn't know this. <laughs> it's it's based off of, uh, I think, like a Japanese sci-fi horror novel. Um, and essentially it's the main character is Aya Bree. So she's like a cop, a NYPD cop. OK, so this takes place in New York City. And anyway, what ends up happening is like, you know, she goes to the opera and all of a sudden some weird shit starts happening, as in like uh, everyone bursts into flames in the audience and the opera singer is still singing and there's some weird shit going on. She starts morphing. I would pay for that. And they're just like, what the hell is going on? Turns out the whole basis of the story is that, you know, like the mitochondria in your cells, which are responsible for like converting oxygen to energy and whatnot, uh, has like mutated of midichlorians. Okay. Midichlorians. Oh. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I should be embarrassed. I said it one with such force. One is a science term and one is bullshit. One Actually, is not canon. My, there's mitochondria in Margaret Langle's Wrinkle in Time books, which but I apparently a, don't remember well enough to say that without like stuttering over all of my words. There's mitochondria in all people. Yeah, yeah but they're a plot point in those books. They're Allegra. also a plot point in this. In this, in Parasite Eve, the game that Ashley sells so, us about. They mutated, evolved, and so they they basically narrow it down to like this one. I guess it is over time. Kind of wants to be free of humans, right? So, I, so it's mutating. Calls itself Eve. Shit's going down. She's mutated. People are getting on fire. 
catching on fire. And Aya is the only one who is not catching on fire. And everyone's just <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on, but you gotta stop it because you're the only one not catching on fire. And she's like, okay. So <laughs> Wait, goes. so do the people die or they're just like burning and also saying like, why aren't you burning? Fix the burning. Well, the, all the people like in that opera house died. Mm. So, you know, I think the people outside were like, why are you okay? And she's like, I don't know, I want to talk about it. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, what's super interesting about this is that it's, this is because it's my personal vested, you know, my obsession with Final Fantasy VIII, the golden age of Squaresoft, and this is directly in 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 the line of fire for me. Mm-mm. So what mm-hmm. I noticed when I first saw it, without looking it up, was I was like, this was definitely released in between Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII, and I was right. Why do you ask? Because the CGI <laughs> scenes are like FF7 quality, where like it's not hyper-realistic, like FF8's cutscenes, right? They look very CGI, human-esque, mm-hmm. um, but in like the old school FF7, as if some of you have played it, you can remember that they still look pretty cartoony, even though they're 3D. And so that's how the cutscenes are there. But also, like, really graphic. So this game is, like, fucked up. Um, I remember Parasite Eve was on a demo disc when I first got my um, first PlayStation. And then, like, I remember just being like, I don't really want to play that. It looked <laughs> weird and creepy to me, even though I love weird and creepy. Um, so anyway, yeah, I was like... I'm so glad I'm playing this now because it's for 1998. Um, they had some fucked up things, and I was like, "Wow, this is I'm a this is not for children." I mean, not that it was intended for, but like, I can't see a game like that just coming out now casually. To everyone, do you think it would have gone over your head as a kid if you had played it back then? Um, may- maybe, but I also think that it would have really, really disturbed me, and I probably would have had trouble sleeping because mm, there's yeah. some things like how like a the, you'll see like graphically like a dog starts mutating it like splits in half Ew. and then it like grows like two more heads and then and then there's like poison claws coming out and it's sort of like it's like melty i don't know it's really gross this sounds like really absurd and creepy in the way that i love yeah but yeah it's great yeah. though so um anyway the ff8 kind of esque part that i saw immediately was like you know the in-game uh character which if you've played ff8 they are like the most, the most blocky, like pixelated, but not short and stocky, like Final Fantasy VII. Like they're tall. Uh, oh man, oh man, but their whole everything is just so blue. You gotta use your imagination, you know. <laughs> oh, your what? really good tweet is it still your pin tweet? Yeah, my pin tweet. <laughs> if everyone could look at Twitter.com/slash ITS Ashley O. Uh, just look at it, you know, about Squall's face. That's what they all look like there. Yes, um, that is a very good tweet. So it's like that, but, you know, that's what's FF80 about it with, like, kind of the, I feel like the pacing and kind of, like, they were experimenting with, like, different music. I feel like Nobuo Uematsu went through a breakthrough into his FF8 face. But anyway, that's what was happening there. And then what I find super interesting that I didn't notice until later on in the game is that you never, in combat situations, you never um, have teammates. You're always alone. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense. But I realized that, yeah, like even going into final boss, like you never have a companion fighting for you. And even though it has that um, active time, like battle system where you, you wait for your meter to fill up, Instead of like waiting for it to fill up and you know f- choosing from some commands here, like you can still run around the enemy. Oh, so it's still like kind of like a weird like action esque thing, but it's obviously like the scope is limited. But you can sort of run around and try to real time like dodge their attacks okay, or like so that doesn't like take up your turn. I mean, it, it does. So like if you know it reaches that, then you can shoot wherever. But like, yeah, running or moving anywhere doesn't take up your turn. Like while you wait for it to fill, you can like position yourself. That's cool. And then like it's so strange because it still takes into account like range. So if you have like a shotgun or something, and say like you ran away in the corner, and you're like, I'm just gonna shoot this guy from over here. You can't because like you'll miss or it won't reach or yeah. damage will be lessened. And I'm just like, this is so interesting. And I know that like Vagrant Story sort of had a similar mechanic, but like for it to kind of splinter off so much from like the classic ATB system and like all the Final Fantasies almost, you know, so far, it was weird. 
but cool. And um, I don't know. I like never got really tired of it. And I feel like it's very underrated, even though it's like really fucked up. Ashley, this game looks too sexy. <laughs> yeah. It looks a little bit sexual. It looks sexier than it really is. I wish it was more sexy. I think the concept art is extremely sexual. Here's somebody with like <laughs> ooze coming out of their eyeball. Oh yeah, that was not fun. Like once that happened, I actually was like, wow, what the fuck? Thank God 12 year old me did not see this. Mm -hmm. I've had another revelation as I am looking at pictures of this sexy game, which is not actually sexy, which is that a friend of mine actually cosplayed Aya when I was in high school. There you go. I didn't know. I didn't wow. know who that was from. Oh my god! Kinda... You're probably like, oh wow, great cosplay. That was that's so good, so I accurate. Mean, and you're like, I don't. It's know jeans that is. and a mm -hmm. black tank top that's like ripped up. So <laughs> are you sure? That oh wait, that... no, that's not the same one. The oh, original this is one, the one is that, different. Yeah, she had. What's her original? It, it doesn't matter. Just, it, it doesn't matter. She um. <laughs> oh my god, Parasite Eve. The what was I gonna say about it? No. Oh, that's that's a sexy picture. Um, something I was thinking about when you mentioned both like this, obviously, and Vagrant Story is it just reminds me of how Squaresoft, not Enix, Squaresoft was like very willing to do kind of really weird experimental things. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, like Vagrant Story never had a sequel and it's kind of polarizing. Uh, Parasite Eve is freaking weird looking and not hot enough, um, but also it sounds really rad. Um, <laughs> there was like this fighting game called like Tobol Number One or something. Mm -hmm. Like just a lot of weird experiments, uh, probably in like new graphics engines that they don't do much anymore. Now it's kind of just like, we have another Final Fantasy expansion. Kingdom Hearts 3 is yeah, still a thing. Why was Final Fantasy the one that survived that period? Uh, I mean, I guess because so it's huge. huge. Yeah, it has a legacy. Same with, you know, Dragon Quest, although it's Enix. But, like, yeah, yeah Final Fantasy's been around for forever. It sells a lot. I think with um, Parasite Eve also, like, oh, man. She, I as a character doesn't, I think, appear to have, like, it's not really so much about her character because they never go super in-depth with, like, her character, right? Mm -hmm. I can only use the most basic adjectives to describe her. But what I did like about it was that she's not sort of, like, I don't know how to frame this, like, typical female protagonist. Um, I mean that in, like, say, there could be, like, two sides. Say, like, one being, like, she acts overly tough to make up. She's obviously compensating for something. And oh, women are so cool too. I can be tough. And then there's also just like, oh my God, I'm just running around. I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, just shit like that. But she like seems very in between and is sort of like, okay, uh, shit's going down. This, I have to do this. I don't have a choice. I'm the only one and I can go in there. Mm -hmm. And she seems like kind of very like neutral as a character, which I really, really enjoyed also love the old localization where like oh man i wish i took a the screenshot i wish screenshots were available on ps3 because there's this one line where i think she just yells it she's like in a lab and they found out that and then she just goes the sperm bank no <laughs> and i was like that is a good ass quote she's screaming about the sperm bank she's really upset about the sperm bank what happened to the sperm bank Oh, I won't tell you about what happened at the sperm bank. And there's another one where she just screams, she's like, oh my God, it's it's not forming a it's a uterus. And they just all, they <laughs> oh scream no. uterus. I mean, figuratively, you know, they're, they're screaming uterus, but it was like, whoa. This is this sounds like one of those it doesn't have VO, right? No. Thank God. No, no, no. Yeah. Thank God. What yes. do you mean, thank God? I want to hear someone scream. I know. I actually, that would be really funny, but. <laughs> you know, I would like a, a voice actor to take on that challenge and, and make that not sound bad. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I feel like works in text, but not necessarily. I mean, I, I did feel something when you shouted it, Ashley. So maybe maybe this is a job Sperm for Sperm bank or uterus? Both of them. Maybe we need to do our own voiceover. That's what I was thinking we should. Fuck. Polygon so astros. <laughs> the sperm bank. No. no. <laughs> Speaking of no, uh, I finished season the first season of Killing Eve this weekend, and I will not spoil. I will have a non-spoilery discussion about it with you all. Um, so this is the show that I talked about a few weeks ago about the MI5 agent played by Sandra Oh, who is hunting down a woman assassin played by Jodie Comer, who is 
an angel. She's not actually an angel. I just love her. She's very, very evil. And one of the things that has kind of been, one of the things that I really like about this show is how uh, much like Ashley was saying about the main character in Parasite Eve, it has woman characters that run the gamut of of personality and of character traits. And in the case of, say, Villanelle, she's very evil and violent and murderous. And then there's Sandra Oh's character, uh, Eve Pilastri, who is, you know, kind of a very relatable, funny, every woman who is, you know, very good at her job also. And I love, love, love that we have this show that is very much in the vein of traditional pulpy, dark spy narratives where so many of these prominent roles that would usually be played by men are played by women. And especially in the case of the freaking serial killer (laughs) who is played by Jodie Comer. Oh my God, there's a man standing on a really tall building out there and I just got super distracted. He's doing construction work up on top of that building. That is terrifying to me. I kind of want to lower the shade because I Ow. he is freaking me out. Pick up from the thought that I was having, which is definitely not mid-sentence when I stopped to look at the man. Uh, what was I saying? Um, Killing Eve was I think good. There's a lot. I, I see a lot when we have movies or games even that star women. There's kind of this dual discussion that crops up of like, yay, this is awesome. And then sort of an, a side-by-side discussion of why we still enjoy such violent stories and how like with games what does it look like to prioritize not just getting women in games but to prioritize having stories that are not centered around violence as their central mechanic and I super duper appreciate that and I think that it's an important discussion to have but that the discussion also that I would that I'm very interested in having is the importance of dark narratives and violent narratives and what we get out of that, because I don't think that they're completely without value. You know, I think I I was just listening the other day to a podcast that disclaimer, my friends do um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, called the hopeless romantic. And they had a discussion about problematic media and like that enjoying narratives that are darker, that are about women or queer characters aren't necessarily like wanting to have those narratives doesn't say anything moral. It more says something about what you are interested in exploring in that moment. And that's kind of why I'm so grateful for a show like Killing Eve, which is about which centers a completely sociopathic queer assassin in Jodie Cummer's character. And they do that really well. Like that could go so badly as a character because there's been so many bad associations with lesbianism and murder, murder most foul throughout the history of media, but they do it in a really well done way that kind of allows you to enjoy both, you know, a dark pulpy spy thriller, but then also like these interesting women characters who are very flawed and also very murdery. Yeah. I love I love dark things. No, I like but like dark things. <laughs> I'm goth. <laughs> I was a known goth. goth. Like no. voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like my favorite show of the last TV season, I guess, was Barry. Which mm-hmm. I mean, not that it's necessarily the same, but it, it is also like a hitman and. So the main character obviously has this murderous past and like a, you know, criminal job. Mm -hmm. But of course, it's also the person you're not supposed to, you know, not necessarily be rooting for, but invested in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's always interesting because like there is the anti-hero trend, Mm -hmm. but historically and conventionally, the the main character is supposed to be a likable and good person. Mm -hmm. And the women often exist as like, counter to the anti-hero and the anti-heroes are most often white men exactly yeah yeah. like in breaking bad skylar was like skylar is walter white's wife she was kind of like demonized by the fan base because she didn't really follow that model right like she wasn't 
like, oh, but Walter, the thing you're doing is so bad. Like she was also down to like launder money. Um, so I think it's especially cool to have like two women in that position, the anti-hero one. And it's nice to see increasing anti-hero shows like Barry's about a white dude. Um, but I think it does an interesting balance of like, you know, introducing a character that you're not necessarily rooting for at the, mm-hmm. at the head um, of the show and like still putting them in positions where you're like, I want them to be safe, but also I know everything they're doing is bad. It's interesting, right? Because I'll preface this with saying, obviously, your mileage may vary and you I, I don't expect everyone to enjoy Killing Eve on the level that I did. That's not a, I'm not saying that anyone should. But it, when I look at something like Dexter, which is also about a quote unquote good serial killer who is supposed to be killing bad people. That did not, that show did not resonate with me at all. Like it did feel to me very much like an excuse to have your cake and eat it too when it comes to following the antics of an anti hero and mm-hmm. a murderer. Like it, it felt very much like, okay, so we're just, we're watching this guy just well, kill people over and over again. Yes. But I, I, I don't know. Like, it's interesting when you look at Dexter and, like, Allegra, you were saying Breaking Bad because, I don't know, because Walter White seems like even, I guess it depends on, like, how you're defining antihero in this context, right? Is it, like, someone who does not want to assume the role of a hero but becomes one anyway? Or is it someone who just kind of is a piece of crap the whole time? <laughs> um, <laughs> because, like, you look at, like, Deadpool, Kind of feel like didn't really want to be, or you know, like people who are like, ah, oh, reluctant, ah, oh, Punisher, ah, oh, I didn't want to be this, but here I am. I like am. that the first word you said was um, reluctant. I don't want to do it. Classic like you know, like Deadpool. like like Jessica Jones, like she doesn't really care for yeah. being a superhero, but she yeah. like does this shit anyway, and we kind of root for her. Whereas like with Breaking Bad, it's like all you get to see is Walter White become more and more. Yeah, shitty. there's a difference between. Uh, anti-hero who's doing the right thing with you know reluctantly and protagonist who is doing their thing and it's not necessarily the good thing but they are Mm -hmm. the vehicle Mm -hmm. that carries you through that story huh I keep thinking back to what you were saying about Skylar White and mm-hmm. she, how she was being demonized by the fan base because mm-hmm. I totally remember that. But like, I remember watching it the second time around, like sometime recently, and I, my feelings towards her changed. Actually, mm-hmm. I think in a more positive way because, like, for me, it was like she was just she was. Everyone's like, "Oh, Skylar's being such a bitch," and it's like, no, she was standing her ground on what was an extremely manipulative, abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And like, the thing is, is that. Yeah, they also show, you know, her, you know, like doing other like morally questionable things as well. And I feel like people use that as ammo to be like, see, she's like being so mean to Walter. And she also did like those things. Whereas I think it's like a comprehensive view of like everybody holistically. And then to see like Skylar White try to be like, well, like, like you said, like, oh no, Walter, what are you? Well, she kind of was in the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. And there's that. But she gets kind of demonized for that. But then you look at, say, like, I don't know. I keep going back to, like, Deadpool or something. And, like, his girlfriend is still, like, this shining beacon of hope for him. Mm-hmm. And it's just always... So it seems like there's there's no middle ground that I'm seeing a lot of in it's, media. It's, or, like, about who we allow to oppose yeah. our hero. And that women aren't really given an option in between, like supportive Deadpool's girlfriend who I love of course or like or, Tinting Harpy or something like yeah. that who, who, someone who is like the, the quintessential I guess sitcom relationship where the husband just wants to do his thing and then the wife is like no you have to do it and then like, <laughs> like just pitting the two in opposition of each other mm-hmm. and like but the narrative tends to take one of those sides. Yeah. And the audience also tends to take one of those sides. And it tends to be the dude, which mm. it makes, I mean, Killing Eve so great because they're both women. And also, like, but as fun as it is to watch Jodie Cummert, boy, is she a bad, bad lady. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is interesting, like, again, in the Breaking Bad example, like, I love Skylar too. And your example of Killing Eve, <laughs> Simone just spilled some LaCroix on her jacket. Um, I think we often see, especially with white male protagonists, like this fallacy of like, these are bad people, 
doing bad things, but because they're in the lead character position, like oftentimes the audience will start to like glorify them. Like we see this Mm -hmm. with like Scarface or whatever. Like a lot of people are obsessed with that character and that movie, even though he is doing really bad things. So it's cool for like in Killing Eve, you can, you know, make that distinction of like, this is an interesting character, but I accept that like, they're not doing cool things. Like this is a bad thing that Jodie Comer's character is doing. That is so interesting because I, th- I think that you're getting at one of the things that I I like about it, which is that we don't get to see women in this kind of despicable role and also kind of root for them because mm-hmm. they're so interesting. Mm-hmm. And in this show, like, you know, she's bad, yeah. but my God, she is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, like That's interesting that you bring that up. I remember I'm thinking about Hannibal, the show. And how, like, we root for, I mean, I feel like, you know, kind of deep down, you're rooting for Mads Mikkelsen's character, right? But he's a fucking murderer. But the thing (laughs) is, is that, like, at least for me in the beginning of the, at least first season, I didn't finish the first season, um, I felt like there were very little kind of traits and characteristics that really defined Hannibal Lecter to me. You know, besides the whole, like, I'm calm and cool. I am interested in psychiatry. I will talk to you about things. <laughs> and yet, like, that's all that happens. I mean, besides the fact that it's beautiful. But <laughs> that's all that happens. And inherently, we're already like, yes, this we don't want him to get caught. We're rooting for him. Whereas I feel like with Killing Eve, right, with Jody's character, I don't know. It seems like or sounds like to me that there's so much more work for her to do for her to earn that for from you mm-hmm. the audience than what Mads Mikkelsen had to do as Hannibal Lecter. I am very curious to, to enable you to watch this show which I will do. Wait, you haven't totally finished easily. Hannibal? <gasps> oh no, I haven't. After oh I, my I did face God. masks with Simone and then I watched masks. I watched it and then I didn't watch it again. Hmm. Oh <sighs> my God. Hey, let's take a second to talk about Vox's new Netflix show, which is called Explained, which I uh, am super excited about. I've seen one episode of it, and it's the episode that I'm going to talk to you about right now, and it was really good, and it was the K-pop episode. Chelsea, did you watch this? I did. I watched it in that giant room with you. It was so fun uh, because I learned, as someone who is a casual K-pop listener, I learned so much about why K-pop is the way it is. Yeah, there was a ton that I didn't know, actually. Like, they go into the origins of K-pop beyond, like, who the first big groups were, but, like, what the sort of political situation was that led to, for example, Satoji and the Boys becoming such a superstar group, like, way back, way before I got into K-pop. And I never knew that, despite being obsessed with BTS, which I still am to some degree. It's funny because they only kind of mention BTS only at the end. And well that but that makes sense though cuz like they're what's happening right now. They're yes, not what's yes, yes. happening. Yes, yes, yes. And it, I mean it, it gives context especially now that like BTS is doing a YouTube takeover and mm-hmm. like everyone is probably like why? And everyone else probably just remembers listening to like size w- one hit in America. Mm-hmm. So for us I think this is just such an interesting like look at why why is K-pop huge? Who's, who its fans are. And also the episode is like so nicely presented. It's got beautiful graphics. I love watching it. Yay. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. So if you want to check that out, uh, Vox's show is on Netflix. As I said, it is called Explained. And you can find it uh, on netflix.com slash explained. Or you can just search Vox on your Netflix app and it will come up. Uh, the latest episode is about K-pop, but they're all, they also have episodes about the racial wealth gap about monogamy we need to learn about that and designer dna so if you're interested in any of those things and if you love the explainers that vox uh does on youtube and on their website you're gonna love this show it's it's very good well chelsea you have a very provocative headline in our show notes today which is that dark no- dark notes <laughs> Dark Knowles. Dark Knowles. Dark, <laughs> Dark Souls is a piece of shit. Chelsea Stark, 2018. So Explain yourself. I just wrote, I like to, look, I put some clickbait in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, wow, you did. For you. Uh, so you had to read down. I don't think it's a piece of shit, but I, I basically got so, I'm playing Dark Souls Remastered on PC right now. 
I, this is my first Souls game, uh, so it is a challenge to get into it. But I, I was having discussions with people last week, and I was like, look, gotten a, extremely obsessed with Monster Hunter. I played, like, a lot of that. It's a challenging game. Played some of the in-game stuff in God of War, like, mm. fought the uh, Valkyries, which are very hard fights. And I was like, okay, maybe I can do a Souls game. Maybe this can happen. Maybe it's time. Yeah. Maybe it's time. So I bought the game. And uh, it is, and I was also, I played the tutorial area and I, there is a annoying boss at the end of the tutorial area, which I killed on my first try. And I was like, yeah, hey, yeah. Chelsea, you're the best. And I walked around and I stomped and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I felt very good about myself. And then you get to the main open world and, and basically, uh, is any, have any of y'all played any Souls games? <laughs> no. So, barely, no. So there are bonfires out in the world and that's where you go to replenish your health and save your game Mm -hmm. and they're not everywhere. So you basically like kind of the goal at the beginning is get from one to the next as you try to explore the world. So I got to the first one and you start to climb a cliff and fight these, these undead guys that are coming after you and you're just like, oh, this is kind of hard because the, the, it's not about it being a hack and slash. You very much have to be deliberate in your movements of like stabbing these people. So they just come at you. There's a lot of them. They have firebombs. And then I got kind of far and then I died. And I was like, oh, right. They all respawn. No. They all respawn. No. And every time you go back to a bonfire to save or rest or refill your Estus last, which is your little golden health potion that you can drink, uh, they all respawn. So every time you are like, I'm safe. As soon as you go back into the world, it's like, oh, no, I'm not safe. Dark notes, more well, like dark No. I mean, a lot of games, I feel, I mean, a lot of games do that. Where, like, right. Yeah. And so, well, but my point of this is that so much of, like, Dark Souls is an older game at this point. This mm-hmm. is why we're getting the remaster of the original and even Demon Souls before it. It was so unique in that everyone was like, yes, hard games. Hard games are it. Let's not have anything explained to us. Let's have our weapons break over time. Mm-hmm. Like this is what people pl- praise Breath of the Wild for. Pulling from learning from Dark Souls. A lot of people called the original Dark Souls like, what if Zelda was like this? This would be amazing. <laughs> Things like that. But, you know, actually, I know that this is an old idea, but actually like going through it and living it, you're just like, oh, okay. So this is this is real. This shit is not playing. I basically got to a point last night where I was like, okay, I'm I made it to the second bonfire. I'm doing all right. And then I encountered this giant, um, I think he's a Taurus demon. I can't remember exactly his name. Uh, and I he's huge. He has a club. He is like six times the size of me and like just immediately starts smashing me. And I'm like, oh, I took got it took me so long to get here. He's not near a save point at all. So that then I immediately died. No. I died a couple times. And like then I was getting so mad because I had to fight through like 10 to 12 different guys who are all kind of challenging to get there. So then you start to make mistakes, you know? And you're just like, oh, this is fine. I'll just run at this crossbow guy. And I will screw you, crossbow I'll guy. I'll get there before he kills me. It's yeah, fine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like starting to swing wildly. And I was just like, I can't do this 11 p.m. anymore. Stop. Gotta you stop. gotta go. I, Jesus. I was just standing in the middle of my kitchen eating chips angrily. Oh, <laughs> you no. You were describing the most recent thing that happened to me in Donkey Kong, which is that I'm going back and trying to get all the, the Kong letters. Oh, yeah. The worlds <laughs> that I've, okay, uh, I'm fun with that. Listen, so there's one. I'm at the G in one of these levels, and I'm at the checkpoint. The G is here, and I played it. I got the G. I died right after it. I was like, fuck. Okay, fine. Fine. And every successive time that I have started this over at this checkpoint and tried to go get that G, I've died faster and faster (laughs) and fast because I keep fucking up at parts that I've already beat. I'm like, what the hell? What do I have to do? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're like, but I already (laughs) did this. I already know how to do this thing. But your brain, because you get flustered so mad. and mad. <laughs> oh my god, so so salty. And that so basically, that was my point: is that I'm sure I will get better at Dark Souls. I already do feel like I'm getting the hang of it. But man, if I let my anger get the best of me, it is you will die. I will I do, die. I do feel like I've played such a small portion of Dark Souls three and a little bit of Bloodborne, and I feel like. Please correct me if I'm wrong. That like God of War, the most recent one, seemed like it was sitting in between that level of you need to be more deliberate and 
like timed, like time your moves carefully. Mm-hmm. And but you can also a little bit to an extent get away with hack and slash in God of War 2, which is also kind of nice. And you can sort of blend both. Have you done the Valkyrie flights though? Oh, I did one by accident one time and I was not ready and I have not gone back since. I did. I've beaten two Valkyries. I did the first one kind of by powering through it. And the second one, I was like, I don't know. And I actually watched one of Dave Tack's wonderful guide videos. Ooh, it was so good. And it was like, I I was like, oh, if I just see this move, like it, he broke down the moves and explained them. And I was like, oh, if I see it like this and kind of memorize the sequence of events, it took me a little bit, but I did it. And so it was, I was like, okay, I'm empowered to do this stuff. Were there like specific um, like techniques or things that like Dave recommended? Like, hey, you should equip this each of, instead of this. Uh, no, but each of them have different attacks. Mm-hmm. Each of the Valkyries are different. So it like yeah. varies. Uh, but all of them, he said, you know, go in with full rage meter and... Dude, I always forget about Rage Meter. I don't know what's Same. wrong with me. Even until like the end of the game, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, go, right going there. in with full Rage Meter and things like that. And there are some really good enchantments that you can get at the end of the game. Uh, so you have to be calm, but Kratos has to be mad. <laughs> he has to be a mad dad. Oh. Um, it's interesting to hear you guys, because you guys prefer to play like games that are challenging I versus- wouldn't say prefer. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say prefer. I mean, not prefer, but like over me, I guess. Like I, you know, I'm never gonna play Dark Souls. The idea of ever doing that is like, ha, that's funny that I would ever do that. And More like, like Dark, no. Oh my okay. God, not again. But oh, like, so while you're talking, <laughs> uh, Chelsea, originally I was gonna ask like to you, what is the appeal of a game that is so infuriating sounding, but, then thinking about like the games I do play that are very different, like it's not like this sort of twitchy, like, okay, I have to use this attack at this exact moment and I have to run this exact path to do this specific thing. Like I'll apply it to like a Fire Emblem, which is a little bit slower and like more thoughtful and deliberate. And yeah, I'll do the same battle like 50 times. Like, and that sounds infuriating and terrible. Yes. Um, but I think it's just a matter of like genre uh, and like the challenge that how it's applied in these different genres. And it's hard for me at times to like equate the challenge of Dark Souls to the challenge of like a Fire Emblem. That's interesting. Their mileage may vary. It's true. But I think, okay, so I think that there's something where it's like, yes, there are so many different moves and techniques you have to master in some cases. But in some cases, you have to kind of think of it. And like Street Fighter is an example I use of this. Like Street Fighter is chess in a a very fast way, but it's all about spacing and where you relate to your enemies. And Dark Souls is kind of the same way where it's like, well, if I step forward, I open myself up to attack from this or this angle. So it's always about thinking about where you can be attacked from and where and where you are like uh, safe. And, and so a lot of that is transrelated to Dark Souls of like, if, I mean, yes, it feels faster, but it is like, where am I safe? Where am I not safe? Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. Yeah. It is so technical. And like, I can understand the satisfaction of like, oh, I did the thing right. But for me, because I am the person who's just like, I'm going to run into this level and hope I live. It's not necessarily <laughs> satisfying. It's just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. I'm going to totally die next Well, time. I'm curious about what what do you personally find satisfying about, um, you know, like a Fire Emblem victory that was like particularly I mean, I think like, it is the same thing, right? Of like, okay, I put my units in the right place. I made the correct movements. Um, but I think because it's like, it is a lot slower. I have more control. There's it's turn-based. It's not me having to like have quick reaction times. Mm -hmm. It feels a lot different versus like a dark souls thing where I'll be dead in a second. Mm -hmm. You know, if I make one mistake or donkey Kong, if I like make the wrong jump, but, (laughs) (laughs) but in something like a fire emblem and like Pokemon's not challenging, but you know, like a turn-based thing, like final fantasy or something, Mm -hmm. it's very much down to like. I'm choosing almost every single thing that's happening here. Like I'm choosing my team. I am choosing which attacks they do mm-hmm. in which order I'm choosing which items I use. So to me, like having that sense of control and the amount of time to think about it mm. feels extremely satisfying when I do win versus like, yeah, a dark souls or donkey Kong or like metal gear solid on any level other than easy, uh, feels really like I'm too stupid for this. I am not fast enough for this. It's like, I can just push my controller in the absolute accidental wrong 
wrong way and I mm-hmm. am screwed. Like I feel completely powerless in those kinds of games. I I, I mean, I am not necessarily, it's not like I was born with any other talent that you don't have or possess though. It's just that I, <laughs> she I, practices. <laughs> she should be quite proficient if she chose to well, practice. One, one sounds like more specializing in kind of deliberate resource management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one in more of like a, technical strategic it seems like yeah it's like i hate to say this but it's like activating different parts of your brain (laughs) but it definitely is like the nature of how you're managing your time and i guess like like you said with dark souls is quite literally time because if you hesitate for a little bit i mean you could just die immediately whereas yeah i guess like i mean sometimes that's happened to me in like final fantasy games where I'm in this really tense boss fight and I'm like about to die and say like, instead of, you know, using a high potion, I like attacked, mm-hmm. fucks you over. I mean, yeah. the same <laughs> thing that can fuck you over too. But yeah, it's like one of like, okay, like I have three or four members of my party. Right. And you're like, that gives me X chances to heal or do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of interesting playing with like, thinking ahead that way and then thinking ahead like, okay, well, I know this dude is going to do a sweep after this thing, so I have to get on this other side of him. Mm-hmm. It's fast chess versus slow chess. Yes! yes. <laughs> Allegra, speaking of things you are enjoying, you started playing Halo <laughs> for the first time. Welcome I, to I Halo. Love Halo. Evolved. I, I love this. Evolved. I don't like... Is that an off James, Allegra, Frank? Wait, uh... Yes, wait, what did you ask, Ashley? Is that an offshoot or is that no, part of the main? No, original Halo, baby. Oh, I thought you played like a... Co- is that, it's Combat first- Evolve is the <laughs> subtitle of the first yeah. game. Oh, I just thought it was called Halo. Xbox launch title, November 2001, baby. Why did they call it that? I, I don't, don't know. It's a bad title. Okay, uh, go back in time. Allegra anyway. was seven years old when that game came oh out. Oh, my God! <laughs> wow. I was seven years old, and I was like, one... Where are the animals? There are no cute animals uh, in this. Animals? This isn't Zoo Tycoon. <laughs> I didn't have Zoo Tycoon because my PC was too cheap. Uh, where are the animals? Uh, <laughs> where are the cute trees with faces? What is going on? Good question. Is there a party mode? Actually, yes. where are they? Where? Like, I was just like, this is not for me. Xbox, not for me. Too brown, too gray. It wasn't too enough green. colors. Not enough colors. I kind of agree with you there. Halo yeah. had so many colors. Yeah. Here's the Destiny thing. has colors. Halo looks like those two oh, colors. Okay, oh, in 2005, oh, oh, oh. those were colors. I will <laughs> tell you about colors, my friends and family. So... I was at her former intern friend of the show, Thomas's house. I'm sorry, 2001. My bad. Yes. Go on. I was was at Thomas's house. Usually we play like Metal Gear uh, or like Jet Set Radio. We always play like an old classic game. Two babies discovering the history of games. So I was like, you know what, Thomas, you say Halo is like a perfect game. I've never, ever played it. Um, Let's play it. And so before I get into actually saying like, my thoughts on Halo, an excellent game. The reason, other than it not having animals and it being on the <laughs> shit box and all that stuff, is that... <laughs> so I had these preconceived notions about it, but maybe you guys have this too, and I'm really curious. Like, in high school and middle school, all the, like, sports bros, lax bros, football bros, whatever, like, Halo was their thing. Because it's like COD, right? Like, it's like this mainstream kind of shooter. It's very easy to explain. You're a space marine and you just shoot mm-hmm. at creatures. Like, it's very basic and potentially reductive. So all the dudes would just be like, yo, fucking new Halo out! Or whatever. And then during my journalism class, they would always be playing Halo LAN instead of doing their work. And I was an editor, so I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> so because I resented those people, I had to inherently resent the things I Wait, didn't you go to an all... Oh, this is high school journalism. Yes, Uh, (laughs) I did go to an all-girls school, and I wish someone liked Halo then. Anyway, um, (laughs) so, yeah, I, like, inherently hated things like that, like Halo and Call of Duty. Uh, I've never played Call of Duty for exactly that reason. So I always was like, I would not like a game like Halo. I don't like shooters because they like shooters. I don't like games that are gray and brown and whatever because that's what they like. Um, and I think I've let go of that in my ripe old age now. Uh, so <laughs> I'm old age. <laughs> so I'm a little bit more willing and able to be like, yeah, I, you know, I would never normally play a space shooter. And I don't know that I'll like this, but I'll try it. And we played the co-op campaign. 
and it fucking owns you guys. I like that <laughs> it owns oh, a Halo What bro. about it? Is it the stories? Is it the okay. gameplay? So the gameplay feels great. So you just like you have two weapons that you cycle through. You also have like grenades. Um, you can have a shield. And you're basically your mission is kind of just to like save space or something. It's very <laughs> basic. Oh, like yeah. whatever. This it's not really about the story. Although the like character models are so beautifully great in the like classic 2001 way where it's like, oh man, I miss these days. Kind of mm. like PS1 stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, whatever, your master chief you know and then you just go on different missions um shooting up all the aliens uh there's different ones that like get progressively harder as you go through the level so it's very well paced like that where it's like okay i'm getting used to using this weapon and uh reloading it and now i have a new weapon i can access and more difficult uh enemies that i'm finding um and it's like the levels i think are like really fun in their design where it's like okay there are potentially different ways to get to the place but like you'll never be confused um so it's just like a very it feels really fun to play and it's not super challenging at least we're on the level we're at i think we're on normal or something but in the same satisfying way where it's like oh i went like the wrong angle at this and I have to go at this angle next time. Like once you do that and you kill the invisible creature dude it feels great <laughs> Um, also there's a little, the warthog, which is, uh, this like Jeep and it's really fun to be the gunner in that. So I keep shooting, but the best part, the part where I was like, okay, this game owns, I love this game, um, was, I think we're halfway through and there's this level that reminds me of like Dunkirk or something. Like it's a raid on a beach. It reminds me of apocalypse now, like the scene with, um, ride of the Valkyries or whatever, like. All the soldiers, all the other space marines are like charging on this beach to like go inside this place where they have to shoot up all the space creatures. And it's just like this beautiful island. Like there's the water. You can go in the water. It's expansive beach. And the entire level takes place on the entire island. Uh, So you go on the beach and then you go inside and then you go to this other like beautiful kind of pit. And the music just changes like so well time to like the action Mm -hmm. like it just is one of those things like a war movie where it's like the music is almost a character Mm -hmm. it's guiding the tension it's suggesting what's going to happen and I was like this literally feels so cinematic in a way I would never expect freaking frat boy halo to feel do you think you would enjoy it just as much if you did a single campaign versus a co-op I don't okay so that I was thinking about I was like I don't know because I get easily frustrated um but it does like Obviously, we're working together, but mm-hmm. I was very much like paying attention to my screen, like it's split sure. screen. Oh. Um, so I was just like, "Oh, you killed a dude? Cool! I just killed like five dudes. Oh, I just picked up this." Did you try? Um, are you trying to make Thomas right now? <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, I don't care sucks. what you do. Uh, um, no, he was great. I did not try multiplayer, and I don't think I would like multiplayer because I do not like multiplayer. Because like, I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm assuming. Please correct me if I'm wrong. That a lot of those, you know, kind of like frat boy esque types mm-hmm. were in it. I know that they, I'm sure, played campaign, but it seemed like a majority of like the friends I had in high school were all like it was just constantly multiplayer, no matter what. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I feel like they were more into multiplayer, like Call of Duty, right? Like it's only multiplayer now because that's what people dig. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's the same thing where I don't like. Dark Souls or whatever because it's like very twitchy and I don't have as much control mm-hmm. um, like as you were saying with Dark Souls and whatever like it does become a little bit predictable it becomes like a strategic thing that's repeatable that's the same way with this campaign versus if I did the multiplayer it's not online in the original Halo but like an online multiplayer mode I'd be like I don't know what this person's gonna do so I'm just gonna hide Ex- I don't like that except you would know because it'd be your friend like Steven and he'd be like well Steven always does this dumb thing so I'm gonna run up and shoot him I'm gonna run up and put a grenade in his butt like <laughs> if only you could strategically put grenades in like enemy orifices exactly enemy orifices exactly. But <laughs> new my, overwatch hero but it was, no this Ew. is why it's fun to play multiplayer games with your like in that local setting with your friends and mm. I don't I mean I don't know if you guys ever did land parties as people like did as you, people as people as before polygon did you my PC was so bad so no i mean i, I played couldn't. like very very oh, goofy games like i played the original call of duty with my friends and i was terrible but it was so fun to play with my friends because mm. i like mm-hmm. had no expectations it was just like okay we 
it's all of us. Oh my God, I shot you in the head. Ha ha. It is like <laughs> in a very kind of like very goofy atmosphere that I like, it's not the same as you're playing online. It, yeah. It, but it is, it is actually your friends. Local multiplayer is fine. Like I yeah. definitely like that for sure. Like just playing friends alone. But if it's randos online, especially a game like Halo or Call of Duty, right? Like, I do not want to do that. They're just going to kill me instantly. That's why I couldn't get into, like, Overwatch or anything. Mm -hmm. I played with Ashley I one think time you did just Shabon. fine in Overwatch, yeah. personally. <laughs> no I one didn't. is going to get all gold medals or first a couple matches. Or ever, even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of us don't ever get them. I think... Oh. Oh, babies. And the thing is, like, I'm not the kind of person who always has to win because I don't ever. Like, I don't care if I lose. But I just don't want to just keep dying the whole time like i just end and up so not do you doing mean you anything you don't care if you lose i totally played that mario party game on ds with you and oh, that oh <laughs> my god allegra okay that's mario party that's uh, different uh, 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 oh no it's not uh, still multiplayer <laughs> still a mad allegra i will get mad if i lose in super smash brothers also i get really Fair upset enough. oh well uh what i'm thinking now we are gonna talk about solo but i almost feel like maybe if we Hunt that to next week. Some more of us could watch it, and then that's fine. Talk about it, or more. you don't have to. I, I mean, really want to watch it. Oh, um, actually, it's actually Ashley. I'm you sorry. know, anytime people say that word, I turn around. I hate I my know, name. I know. Um, I'm changing I, it to I am going to read. <laughs> okay, Steven. Steven with the grenade. You always does. Fun. You always do this, Steven. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm going to do one quick email before we wrap up because it's a fun one. Uh, this is from Marco. I am one of the thousands of people who deserve an apology from Allegra Frank. Yes. <laughs> because even though I agree with her that Metal Gear Solid 2 is subjectively the best in the, in the series, she should not have judged Metal Gear Solid 3 without even trying it. Uh, I didn't. I judged it by omission. Thousands uh, of people, thousands of emails. Thousands? Thousands reaching out, crying out in pain. Anyway, all the Metal Gear Solid 3 talk got me thinking. Many of the boss characters in the Metal Gear series, thanks to either magic technology or straight up magic, have special abilities. There's a guy that controls bees, a woman that can't get hit by bullets, a guy who can read what games you've been playing in your memory card, ah, etc. What would your what would be your special ability and your code name? Ooh. Oh, you forgot to say the code names because those All are right. very good. The uh, the pain controls bees, misfortune dodges bullets, and psychomantis. I wish I can see what uh, her name is. Just fortune, Mark. It said wow. Miss. M I S S. Is it not? It's is just it fortune. Not? Really? I mean, just fortune. That would make misfortune is kind of a better like name, it's like a pun. a pun. I know, but, but wouldn't? Fortune. But she's fortunate. So why would she be miss? You know that would that would imply that she's never fortunate. Mm -hmm. Exactly, she is very fortunate. That's Ooh, girl, true. her gam, she thick AF. <laughs> I wouldn't cosplay as her, but it's literally just wearing like a bathing suit. <laughs> I'm looking her up with like she's thigh hot. implants. Yes. <laughs> what are you saying about my thighs? You just Ashley? said you were like, oh, I can't because you know what? Forget it. <laughs> It's wow. the year of the Kardashian ass, I always say. That's my goal. <laughs> You're still um. trying. Still trying. All right. Okay. What would your special ability and nickname, code name be? <laughs> nickname. Code name. Because we're professional spies. We don't have nicknames. Mm. Code name Bane. Haha. <laughs> That's a game that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Bandai Namco. <laughs> I saw it in passing once. <laughs> Sorry. You said code name over and over. Name it's actually Bane. called Code Bane. <laughs> sorry. But that's the pun. Uh, oh. oh is, is pun? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Ashley. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, so you don't have to apologize. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to... I feel like I need like a week to think Wait, about this. So I have I have a, a, a annoying... I have a good idea. Yes. You guys need to help me come up with a name. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So I would switch... All of the beverages in your fridge to Diet Crystal Pepsi. Oh, I don't know what that tastes like. Probably want to know. <laughs> all I of do. them. Okay. Your beers gone. Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> what about like mayonnaise? I was like, name? I would switch that to Miracle Whip. <gasps> Why would you do that? That's bad. Don't <laughs> leave my mayonnaise alone. Don't skip the zip, Ashley. <laughs> <gasps> Zip. 
That, or, or if it were Skip just Crystal Pepsi, like the buzz or something. The fizz. Oh, switcheroo. Oh, switcheroo. Switcheroo is cute. That's adorable. It's really actually. cute. All right. Would Kojima approve of this? Yes. Okay. He would. Thank well, you. Well, he would have to because he would only have Miracle Hold Whip on, in his Hold on. Let me fridge. check with him yeah, real quick. Yeah, you sound like you just yeah, looked it up. He would. Like, yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> we we edited the show there. There was a phone call that Allegra had with Kojima <laughs> to approve the code name. We, we are going to have to call him every time we come up That's with okay. one. But he did approve just then. So yes, he we, did. We cut it out, though, you know, for length. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Okay, I came up with a name, but I'm not sure what my okay. Like, okay. cool thing would be. I'm looking at my computer, and I feel like my name would be like Thumbs Down. Okay. Thumbs yeah. Down? Yeah. That's would you give up? everyone devastating critiques of their battle stances and then... Oh, okay. And, like, edit them directly? I think you would be able to, like, see... <laughs> Allegra direct edits Frank. Some journalism <laughs> jokes. Direct oh. edits. It's like, you know what? I can't even with you. I'm just going to go in directly. <laughs> Maybe you could like see everyone's like weakness. They're, they're like number one weakness. Mm. Mm. And then you could critique them on it. Misdirection. Oh. Misdirection. I'm okay. Winking. <laughs> I feel like it would have to be something involving like judgment. Right? Like maybe well, kind of on the critique thing. Maybe yeah. I critique every part of your life like oh. instantaneously. And then Girl, I just that's like Twitter. That's Twitter. I'm just you human have Twitter. Magic yeah, goggles. You, you like some one of your friends from like across town mm. opens a bottle of water in a weird way instantly. Your voice. Wow, saw that. Yeah. Yes. Way to go. Living hell. Wow, that's 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 Living something. Hell is a great code name. Living hell. Living hell. <gasps> Oh. Everyone can say about living hell. <laughs> we are. Oh, okay, cool. Simone. I'll take it. I feel like mine are always related to my laugh. Do I have any I other that. traits? Do you have any? Mm, You're very tall. Question. I do loom. You are very tall. I stood but next I mean, you don't have, they don't have to be related to your traits. You could make up a trait. This is true. It I could be related to torturous. horses. How would I hurt people if I could? How would people? I hurt people if I had horses? Is that what you said? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> but now that you mention it. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe I could just always escape by summoning a horse and ride. Away. Oh my god! Oh, wow, Wait, I have nice. one. Okay, so one of your other trademark things is yeah. your egg voice. Yeah. Egg. What if every time you spoke in the egg voice, you would destroy everyone's eggs? Everyone in like a 100 yes. mile radius. Why would you do why would and you it would be a mess. Why would you even discuss that? I can't believe you. <laughs> egg. It's horrible. Fresh. Well, there goes my fucking up. omelet I'm going to make tomorrow. That's I spent a lot I'm, of money on I'm those saying. eggs. You spent $2 on those eggs. It's very sticky, though. I mean, this is this is just a lot of cleanup. Exactly. Eggs, Cool whip. It's a it's a mess in here. Why are we picking such mean? Oh wait, we're bosses. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is everything so destructive? Yeah. We are bosses. What would what would how would you hurt someone? Actually, how would I? I Proclivity for nothing. Cannibalism. Yeah. I don't know. I always associate cannibalism. Wow. With you. you already because had she cannibalism. Said she top eat her cat. That's oh, not maybe cannibalism. No, maybe maybe you could like. Set Crunchwrap on someone and have him torture them like he tortures what? you. Oh no! Yeah, no. like he would touch their food. Oh, you would summon cats to touch their food with their dirty, dirty oh, paws. Oh, oh, this this is an opposite a of paw. a boss idea. A paw. A no, paw. You, you should I'm be sorry. the paw. I, I I thought of the opposite of this yes just yesterday. Okay, this is like uh this is like an anti boss because we're anti here. This is the theme of the episode. Yes. yes. Oh my god. So yesterday I was walking, I was walking on the street and then there was this man on the, on the, on the sidewalk and he was playing an accordion and it was like, do, 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 do. So it went around and then I was like, man, no one like plays the accordion anymore. And like, there are those, like, you kind of like associate accordion music with like 
Paris or like old early 1900s, right? And I was like, man, if this were a movie, I was like, I wish I were a fucking villager and like the, it's fucking south of France. And you know what I do? I, I would be the girl who like plays a little accordion and I'd walk around and then like all these stray cats would eventually follow me because they like the noise because if you saw that tweet where the girl plays the accordion all those cows come over so all the cats would come over and then I'd walk around time and then this trail of cats and then I'd have like a basket and people throw money in it if they like the music right and then I take the money when I'm done and then I use it to feed the cats yes oh that's good right yes that's great. Yeah. I'm an NPC, sorry, not a boss. You're not a <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> this is just a, like a C plot in the game that's happening in the background. But what is your what is your NPC name? The Paw. The Paw. No, she doesn't like it. Um The Pod Piper. Like the Pied Piper because oh, you have cats. Oh my God. <laughs> and on that note, this has been the Polygon Show. If you liked it, uh, you can rate it on Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> give it a five star rating. Give it a five pause. Rev- five pause. Review. Ah! You guys get mad at me when I do puns. I'm oh. mad. I'm mad. I love Remue. it. I'm mad at myself. Um, do those things. And then, of course, if you want to send us an email, thanks to everyone who does, you can send those to polygonshow at polygon.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. This has been the Polygon Show. Bye.